have not been able to care for ourselves. Sweet sleep has refreshed us. And now we look into another day, confident that thou will guide and strengthen. Help us this day to walk uprightly, that no good thing may be withhold. Forbid, forbid that any of us should be careless or indifferent to the opportunities of service that may be ours. May thy word, which we have just read, be a source of strength and uplift that we have just read, presuming you've read the word. And may we treasure it more as the days and the years slip by. God bless the sick and the tempted. Strengthen the weak ones and comfort all who sorrow. Bless our ministers and our elders and our evangelists and all those who are working in the name of Jesus and who have devoted their lives specially to do the work of thy kingdom. And now, our Father, as we separate for the day's duties, may thy loving presence be with us in our home and at school and at business. And at the close of the day, may we realize that the trivial round and the common tasks have indeed brought us nearer thee. We ask all these through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And God, I ask you to continue to show me the things you want me to see. So when I speak, Master, it will be only those things you want me to say. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And praise the Lord. Well, um, we're in a new month. Hmm. The ninth month. Which means there should be a deliverance. <laughs> a new a new birthing. Amen. Amen. But you know, uh at the end of um the word for today on the last last uh Two days is just so awesome. So I can't help but to read them. <laughs> Today, in the first day of September, was is good. And it also really pertains to not just some of the stuff that we may hear in today's lesson, but things I have been saying. So it really blessed my soul because it's prophetic stuff that I get from the Lord that's been confirmed uh, by today's. But I'm not going to read today's. I want to focus on on uh, Monday and Tuesday, and and it comes from this first one is out of Luke ten. It says, "I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy." Then we have to be reminded of this, and and our minds constantly renewed in the in the thought of this, because we don't really believe that, and we haven't received it because we haven't heard it enough. Now we've heard too many times the wrong doctrine about naming and claiming it. And so our focus has been on things just like the world's focus is on, okay? So we need to focus on the authority and the power that the Lord has given us so we are operating in it and operating against the, the wiles of the enemy. So it says, conquering the giants in your life. When he went out to fight Goliath, David said, you come to me with sword, spirit, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord, and he will give you to us. 
Nobody in King Saul's army seemed to have factored God into the equation. I mean, I don't even have to go to today's message because there's so much stuff in here. Do you hear what he said? Our focus is not on God, but on all that is going on around us, okay? But David talked about nothing else. (laughs) He saw what they didn't and refused to be intimidated by what they did. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because when you put your focus on God, you will not be intimidated by what's going on in the world today or what other people are saying that is contrary to the word of God. Because you got Christian folks, church people who are talking like the world. But because they may be holding high positions, you reverence them so that you accept what they say rather than seeking to see if it lines up with the word of God. Okay? It says that um, um, he believed that the God he served was bigger than the giant he faced. Do you believe that too? Do you see God as bigger than your problem? If you're in a situation where there appears to be no way out, instead of wasting time and energy dwelling on your own weaknesses and shortcomings, stand on God's word and start talking about his power. You won't win if you fight in your own strength, so don't try it. David said, this is the Lord's battle. That's what he said to the giant, okay? This is the Lord's battle. And God has never lost a battle. So comfort your giant in the, I mean, confront your giant in the name of the Lord and declare, giant of divorce, you aren't entering my home. Remind them. (laughs) Depression, you won't conquer me. Alcohol, Bigotry, child abuse, insecurity, lust, you're coming down. The Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, that the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. And in parentheses, it says the flag of victory. There are three things Satan can't withstand. God's word, Christ's blood, and the name of Jesus. When you use those things, you'll bring him down every time, just like David toppled Goliath. Now, the thing that was blessing me is that um, I've been using uh, this phrase more just to encourage relatives from the part of the country of New Orleans, Florida, and uh, Alabama. And that is, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against it. We have nothing to fear, okay? And the other thing is, which those of you, like Jan was saying the other day, have known me for years, I've been saying this. There are three weapons that we can use that come against the enemy and will destroy the enemy and annihilate him. And that is the word of God, the blood of Jesus, and the name of Jesus. When you use those three weapons, amen. Amen. And now uh, Tuesday, it says, today the Lord will 
will conquer you and I will kill you and cut off your head. This is still part two of what David is going to do to the, to the giant, okay? Conquering the giants in your life. Goliath's ancestors were Israel's long-standing enemies. And when Joshua entered the promised land, he annihilated them all except the inhabitants of Gath, where Goliath hailed from. Now, that statement is very important because when you want to get rid of your enemies, and now I'm talking about the strongholds that are on your soul, don't go after the manifestation. Go after the root, the head of it. Because once you cut the head off, you get the manifestation. Don't be dealing with manifestations. You don't conquer anything by just dealing with the manifestations. The manifestations are there to let you know what the root cause is. So seek God to know what is the root of these manifestations. Okay. It says, why is that important to note? Because if you don't kill the enemy and cut off his head, he'll rise to fight you again. Maybe you're wrestling with issues your parents and grandparents grappled with. Things like addiction, marriage problems, anger, worry, and depression. Now, those are the big heavy things, but some of it is just narrow-mindedness, <laughs> superstition, a lack of understanding, things like that, okay? David put five stones from a stream into his shepherd's bag. Now, we're going to have to one day just really examine those five stones, okay? Because I had another revelation came out of that when I read that, but it doesn't line up with what they're talking about. It says, because he didn't know how many he needed to do the job, and there are certain stories you need to take with you to conquer the giants in your life. Well, we all know five represents grace spiritually. Five represents grace spiritually, okay? First, be relentless. It may take more than a day, a month, or even a year to see results, but with God's help, you'll win if you persevere. Second, get God involved. God's priorities is his reputation, and David's objective was to defend it by declaring, there is a God in Israel. Oh, God, y'all are not excited enough for me. There is a God in the United States of America. Okay. Third, keep praying and believing God's victory. Prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Rehearsing your hurts won't heal them. And cataloging your problems won't solve them. So you can talk about it all you want. In actuality, when you rehearse them and you talk about them all the time, you're putting them on a throne and you're giving them license to keep on doing what they've been doing. That's why you don't need to talk about it, okay? Glory, hallelujah. Okay. Uh, re recall, the fourth thing is do, recall your earlier victories. David announced, <laughs> God who delivered me from the lion and bear. That's what he said when he, before he attacked the giant. Will deliver me from this Philist Philistine. When you are afraid of the future, call to mind God's past faithfulness. 
Remember the wonders he performed, his miracles, and the rulings he has given. With God's help, you can conquer the giants in your life. Hallelujah, Jesus. Remember a year from this Father's Day, you had a stroke and a heart attack. Mag Tyler. So the little things that is agitating now, remember that and look at where you are today and recognize those things are still working on your mind to keep you from moving forward to what God has called you to do in Jesus' name. Okay, we're in 2 Thessalonians 2, and it's a good thing I've only chosen for four verses, and I don't even think I'm going to be able to get through all of this because there's so much stuff in these verses. My Lord Jesus, and God is speaking to us today. Second, okay, it's second. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Because remember, we, we left off the last time that I taught a Bible study class. We left off uh, with uh, one. So, okay, first Thessal- I mean, Second Thessalonians 2, verses 1 through 4. And this is part one of the great apostasy the, and the mystery of sin is the title. So it starts out with, Now we beseech you, is another word, and we ask you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him or concerning him that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit and that's a small s spirit so we do know it's an unclean evil wicked spirit nor by word nor by letter So that word and letter could be from false teaching or even the things as the apostles were sharing truth with them. This is not for you to be alarmed, but to be aware so you can be prepared. Okay. As from us, as the day of Christ is at hand. Okay. Or has come. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed the son of prediction, which is Satan, who opposes and exalted himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Okay, so let's go back to the beginning and 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 um kind of dissect this so paul is 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 admonishing them uh about the news that has been brought to you about the coming of jesus which is the second coming of 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 jesus that he's talking about which is the rapture tribulation tribulation time is what he was teaching them about so he says that um, don't be deceived by the false things that's being presented before you concerning that time or fretting over the, the right information that you receive from the teaching of the, of the apostles because what had happened, the Thessalonians thought they had missed the rapture and they were in that day already, which is what we hear a lot of today. Uh, you know that we're that 
we're in the end of the end times. Well, no, let me put it this way. The beginning of the end times. Let me put it that way. We're in the beginning of the end times. So it, we can be prepared for the end times. Because you don't want it to slip up on you like a thief in the night as a body of Christ. So he was, he was trying to reassure them uh, that they were not in that time, but to be prepared for that time. So he says that you may not be soon shaken in mind, shaken in mind. When you think of the word shaken, think about uh, the house that has been shaken off of its foundation. And so it's just going to come apart. When the, if the foundation isn't solid and it isn't good, then it's going to start to, the house is going to start sinking on one side and things coming apart. Well, this is what happens when we believers don't trust in the word of God and have not rightly divided the word of God, but we're listening to all kinds of data and information, not only of the world's view concerning the times that we're living in, but even some of the, 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 the prophets and the preachers and the teachers who are doing it for gain more than they are for the love of Jesus Christ that are teaching or maybe have just right have not rightly divided the word of God. And, and so they have you either confused, worried, frightened, or maybe not even concerned. Amen. And so he was warning against that so that they will not be troubled and, 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 and that they will not follow unclean spirits. Because any, any, anyone that comes bearing a lie against the word of God, whether it's the world or someone uh, uh, in, the, in the ministry are coming from an unclean spirit. It's not the spirit of the living God. God's spirit never come to try to deceive us, to frighten us, uh, uh, to get us to do something uh, for self-pleasure, any of that. So you think about God doesn't look at the sin as much as he looks at the at, uh, at, at, at your heart and the reason for why you're doing what you're doing, the impurity of your heart. He, he, he looks at the matters of the heart to make some determination about uh, the consequences of your behavior. And so some of the consequences of our, of our behavior is only to awaken us and to shake us, never to destroy us when they come from the Lord. So anything that's coming to destroy is coming from the spirit of darkness. He says, nor by word or by letter is as from us, even the word and the letter that is truth that is coming from us, as that the day of Christ is come. And another uh, word for uh, phrase for the day of Christ is the day of the Lord. Okay, I, I want to go to um, my David Jeremiah commentary to talk some about this uh, verse, verse two, because of the fact that he's talking about shaking up our foundation. But the question I have is, what is your foundation built on? Because when it's certainly built on Christ and nothing else but him, you cannot be shaken away. Nothing can take you away from the truth of Jesus Christ. See, the problem why you can be pulled away is, the, is due to the fact that you are not grounded and rooted in the foundation 
of Jesus Christ and his word. Now the gospel of Jesus Christ, when we understand the gospel of Jesus Christ and what is our foundation, nothing can shake you or loose from it. And this is why it's so important that the cross and the blood is taught more because that is the foundation of our belief. Not all about what God can it will do for us and give us, but it is about the blood and the cross of Jesus Christ that redeemed us and saved us. Because when we understand that, then we understand we have been given power and authority over the enemy. And so um, uh, in Matthew uh, 24 and verses 4 through 14, I'm going to read it, those verses out of uh, David Jeremiah's Bible and then read the commentary maybe but anyway because since Jesus is speaking is as plain as the nose is on your face okay and so these verses 4 through 14 is Jesus speaking and Jesus answered and said to them take heed that no one deceives you because you know of course like we all they were asking about the end times okay he says, take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. It's the sign of the times of the coming of the end, when we see this, okay? For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in various places. Sounds familiar? Yes. Okay. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Glory, glory, glory. It, 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 oh, help me, Holy Ghost. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Oh, this is so in the times and also in the body of Christ, where many are offended because of the gospel. Amen. What do I mean by that? Not, not because so much and, and because of that too, but not so much because of what the preacher is preaching, but it's what you have chosen to believe contrary to what they're receiving and believing because one is a worldview and the other is a kingdom view. It says that then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Now, lawlessness has abound greatly in our world system. And too many of God's people have grown cold about this and have gotten in the bed with people who for a cause are causing death, persecution, and every, everything else. Let me tell you, if you're fighting and standing for righteous causes, then why does it take violence and looting and disrespect? 
to get what you want and then why we who are called by the name of Christ go along with it because it happens to be a certain culture of people and think well we deserve it that is not true we don't no human being I don't care what your culture is and where you came from deserve anything but death and have been on that cross for where Jesus went that's all we all deserve we don't deserve anything but to know Christ and him crucified. And that's how we defend our rights. We don't take wrong to defend wrong. Amen. And think you're going to come out with right. He says, uh, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. And his gospel, I'm sorry, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached. What is the gospel? The blood and the cross. In all the world as a witness to all the nations and then the end will come. So how people are going out evangelizing missionaries going to other countries that preach the pure gospel, not some kind of uh, victory message like you know when I say victory message the only victory I know about is that Jesus his name the blood and the word okay so the message about all that you're going to gain and you and you're going to get when you put when you when you stand for certain things or put certain people in office and all of that that is not the gospel message and that is not the message that the church is supposed to be embracing because the Bible tells us when we stand up for God's morals and his righteousness, he will bless the nation. He promised to bless the nation. He's not. What kind of God do you think we serve that you will stand up for his morals and then he'll starve us to death? Don't give us a place to stay, you know, and don't take care of us. What kind of God is that? So why are you putting those kinds of things before his moral righteous laws, forfeiting it. And, and I'm saying that because we have made choices based on political parties who have made lying promises. But even if they are true promises, at the cost of moralness in our world, at the cost of legalizing abortion, drugs, same-sex marriages, you want the economy more than you want morality because we will pay just like if we came up with the laws by endorsing and embracing those kinds of things just because we have an opinion about parties. The day of Christ, I'm back to Second Thessalonians, the day of Christ it's the same as the day of the Lord, which isn't literally talking about a 24-hour day period. So when you hear those terminologies in the Bible, it's not talking about one day or a day like how we see it, okay? But rather, it's a time when God will visit the earth to judge the wicked and to save his people, okay? All right, now, you, you better write these scriptures down because I'm just going to go through them real quickly and um, and you need to go back and study these things we got to remember 
that God is not le letting the wicked and the evil get away with what they have done, doing, and will do. There is a day of judgment for them. Okay? So we're going to go over to, okay, Ezekiel uh, 30, verse 3. And this is coming, all of these few verses I'm going to start out with is coming from the Old Testament that talked about, these are the prophets. All of these books I'm going to take you to are the prophets that's declaring uh, the coming of the Lord judgment. And so e Ezekiel 30 verse 3 says, for the day is near. Even the day of the Lord is near. Well, why is it near? Because uh, not based on a calendar time, but based on our uh, uh, righteous behavior. Because see, let me tell you, you don't have time to get right and change when you look at calendar time. Because think about it. What we come to know, learn, and understand before Christ took a long time of building wrong stuff in us so strong that our soul souls are still tied to that poor understanding, sinful, wicked understanding that we've come to know that is taking some time for Christ through the Holy Spirit to change that, to deliver us from it and eradicate it from our hearts. Think about that. So we don't have time to think that you, you know, you can get it together. You, no, no, no. It takes time to, for, for, for the Holy Spirit to separate us from the stuff we have sewn in and tied up to our souls. Why? Oh, yeah, he can do it in an instant, but you wouldn't be changed. But when he takes his time and pulls that stuff away because one thing will manifest several different things and you think because you got delivered from that one symptom that you are free when he only just showed you one little symptom of a mass connection that has you messed up. So it takes time. That's why we don't have time to be playing around thinking that you got time to get it together before Jesus returns. No, every day should be a working day of getting free from the mess that we have spent a lifetime living and taking upon us. That's why it's so hard for you to evangelize people you know been walking in sin for a long time, and especially family and friends, because there's a soul tie to wrong thinking, wrong behavior, sinful, lasciviousness ways. Even there's things that connect to us that you want to get free of. And because you're crying out to God to get free, you can't understand because you're born again. Why haven't I gotten free? Well, you, you, didn't, you didn't take it on in an instant. So why do you think God's supposed to deliver you in an instant? It's a working progress. Amen. And you work daily. Yeah. Because if you're just doing it for a moment, oh, okay, God set me free. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm free now. And, but now you're living on in some other mess. No. See, when you wait on God and, 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 and you keep serving him and loving him because you love him, not because he's going to deliver you. When he sets you free from one thing, you're looking to see, God, what do I need to be free from next? Deliver me. 
Come on. You're falling in love and falling in love more and more because when he delivers you from some stuff that we can't even see, we don't even know you begin to worship him like you never worshiped him before. Nobody don't have to coach you. Nobody don't have to say anything because you exploding inside knowing what he has done for you in the inward parts that nobody else can ever see besides the stuff that people see that's outward that you've gotten free from. That's why you see people get so crazy with their worship because you don't know what God set them free from. You don't know what God has been doing in the inward part of their lives that they like. They know only God could have done it. Amen. Okay, so um, I'm going back to these scriptures that talk about um, God visiting the earth to judge it. Ezekiel 30, verse 3. For the day is near. Even the day of the Lord is near. A cloudy day. It shall be the time of the heathen, which is another word for Gentiles. That means unsaved people, uncovenant people. That's what it means. So that's anybody that did not have a covenant relationship with our Lord. Amen. Amen. So you don't want to be part of that. And you also don't want none of your relatives and, and close friends to be part of that. Okay, uh, let's go over to Joel. Okay, Joel 2 and verse 31. And it says, The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. Now let me just share this with you. I say we're in the beginning of the end times because... I noticed, I can't remember how long ago it's been, but I've noticed how the dark is so dark. It's darker than how it used to be. Um, yeah, I guess none of you are paying any attention to that because I guess you say dark is dark. No, 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 no. I noticed, uh, it, 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 I, I think from traveling and coming in, I'm like, wow. It is so dark. I tell you something else. Travel and go to other states. And based on what they're known for, notice the darkness of the atmosphere. That's why God says you're in a position to pray for every territory that you fly into without knowing nothing about it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay. You can go to another state and they're known for a lot of their wicked evil ways and lasciviousness or they have promoted certain laws that has become legal that that go against God's morals and whatever and see in the atmosphere how dark it is because sin is abounding and that's that's what it means when it, it, it when it says the sun will turn into darkness it will be completely darkness over the earth but where sin abound, grace therefore bounds more. That's where your prayer comes in. Do you understand me? Okay. All right. Um, and it says, let me finish. Let me read this verse again. The sun, the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. So this is why people also, uh, I've, I've said to the ministry uh, uh, many many years ago when you go on vacation just recognize you really are not on vacation 
you're on assignment. You just went to another state and you're on assignment. So, you know, uh, you, uh, you're just resting from Detroit mess because you're on assignment wherever you go. See, we go and become oblivious and it's like, oh, I'm just, you know, when people say, did you really rest? Yes, I did. They think because I, no, I rested because I really didn't think about you all. So I was resting. I was dealing with the hell that was facing me where I was at. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, let's go over to, I'm going to do Amos last. Let's go over to Zechariah. Okay. Zechariah um, 14. Zechariah 14 and verse 1. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh. And thy spoil should be divided into the midst of thee. And in another word for the spoil is the plunder. And what is that? Those are those accumulated riches, accumulated gains that you may have gained unrighteously. Those are all of that stuff that we favor more than God's righteousness. So though our accomplishments, because we put that before God, you know, what the world is offering supersedes you coming, getting equipped at service. Because see, you got to understand, we got this going on, I got to be there, I got to da, 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 da. It supersedes you coming to be equipped to stand against the things of the world and to stand for Christ. Okay. So that's exactly what that word spoil is, means. And so he's going to divide the consequences. And plus, when he comes, none of that stuff matters. You ain't going to have nothing. You can't take none of the accomplishments, none of the gains. You can't take them with you. Amen. You're going to be naked. Okay? Now, Let's go over to Amos 5, verse 20. It says, Shall not the day of the Lord be darkness and not light, even very dark and no brightness in it? Now, the good news is he will rapture up the believers. And being with him, you're in the light. But if you're down here facing the judgment, you are in darkness. And the reason why that you would be, as a believer, that you would be down here facing the darkness with the um, heathens is because of this. Go over to Amos 8, verse 11. God gave me this word years and years and years and years ago before I even knew that I was going to be operating in a gift of prophetess, pastor, or any of that. He says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of the hearing the words of the Lord. We're in that time. There's a famine of the hearing of the word. And he is talking at that time, he, the prophet uh, He's a minor prophet. Amos was talking to Israel, God's covenant people. Well, today is talking to us, God's covenant people, the body of Christ. And the famine is, is definitely here of the word because 
we have sinned and turned from the Lord. Now, what is that sin? It's the straying away from God's laws and his commands. Don't think that your political party supersede your covenant position with the Lord Jesus Christ. That political mess is not going to save you. It can't heal you or none of those things. Only God. And when you put that above your relationship with Jesus Christ and go to the polls on that, you have sinned against the nature of God and against who you confess to be. Looking for comfort and letting comfort override righteous living. Idolatry. That you believe the lies of some folks and you yourself become an idol to you. Because your needs, your, your feelings, your, 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 your supersede what God has put before you and what you're supposed to be doing and how he wants you to be free from all of that. False worship. And I'm not even talking right now. My thoughts is not even going to the spiritual worship. It's going to the worship of natural stuff by believers because it's far more important than your walk with Christ. Your superstitions. Don't you know that's idol worshiping? I'll tell you something else is idol worshiping. Maybe this is why I don't have to meet people today. But anyway. <laughs> when you let false wrong heritage be your continued heritage and thought of pattern that does not edify anyone, can't sanctify you, and certainly does not glorify God. But because it came from a family line that you respect, you still dwell in it. And yet you've been given some truths to discount it. And you rejected it because of the family name. Relationships. Your natural bloodline relationships that you have allowed to supersede Jesus' bloodline. Okay, y'all think, well, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the bloodline that came from you being birthed from a woman versus the bloodline that came from being birthed, born by the Spirit. So those who are in the, uh, been born again by the Spirit, by the, by the blood of Jesus and the watering of the Word of God will supersede that natural bloodline when they're out of order. And I know it's hard for some people to accept that because that's all you've ever known. But guess what? When you die, they're not going to be next to you to die together. Now, now depending on where you go, you may see them. And, 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 and I don't want to see none of them if they're in hell. I don't want to see them again in life. If they went to heaven, I'm rejoicing. Okay, you see, you see what I'm saying? These relationships, natural, were put here to bring order on earth. And if they're not followed according to how the Bible says, then he is not pleased with it just because you are related. Just like he gave spiritual order to keep us in line with his kingdom living and with the fivefold ministry that makes us related to keep order 
to, to realize his kingdom here on earth, the natural relationship is to bring the natural covenant order that he set in the beginning in Genesis. And if it's not followed through the way he set it up, it's off, and I don't care who the person is and how they related to you. If they're wrong and they're off, they're wrong and they're off. And the other way we have been sinned is that we have, we have failed to evangelize. Now, let me just, I'm going to give a little story, but I ain't going to give no names. But someone who's very close to me and, 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 and lean and dependent, trust me, called me to give me a report, ask for prayer for this person, put them on the prayer list, okay, called me back today to give me a current report about how they're doing, discovered that person had told a lie, and, and what could have been dealt with and eliminated didn't because of the lie, so now it would cause prolonged health situations and stuff. We, I have put them on the list to pray for the healing, so now I realize now I got to change what we're praying for, but this is the key. I says, oh, okay, so you got an open door. I says, did you tell me that this particular relative is born again? No, not at all. Oh, well, you got an open door. Because this lie and what's going on is an open door for you to go and, and, and have them to uh, repent and accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior because now their life is predicated on that change and God is giving them the opportunity, a chance to live. The response I expected to hear was, oh my God. Okay, I'm, I got to do this right away. Because that's, especially if it's a relative of mine, I didn't get that. If the opportunity comes up, this is the opportunity. This person can stand to die. And if they do, they're going straight to hell. You have an open door right now. Go. If you can't get into the hospital, call. And if that don't work, ask God to give you favor that they can live, come up out of that place, and give so that you will have that opportunity to minister life to them. Then to let somebody lay up and die in sin. Do you understand what I'm saying? We have plenty of opportunities to evangelize that we don't take advantage of, and especially when it comes to our relatives because you're so afraid they're going to be upset with you. Well, you know what? My opinion is this, and you can ask any of my relatives and some of my close friends to tell you the same thing. I don't care about our friendship and our relationship at the expense of your soul. So you can stay mad at me, we can divide and separate, but I'm going to deal with that soul because I am, your blood is not going to be on my hand. And I know that I know that if God reaches you and you get saved or open up your heart and change your mind because you're already saved but you're just in stupid field right now, that God will return that relationship back to where it was. That's what it says in Matthew, Matthew chapter 10. Isn't it 10? That nobody has given up anything, mother, father, son, that I did not give it back to them a hundredfold. I am not going to, uh, 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 what can I say, 
my relationship with the Lord, dealing with your stupid mess for a friendship relationship when I know you are out of order and in sin and not deal with that? I don't care who you are. And my people get upset with me just like yours do, but they come on right back around because it don't make me no difference. I'm still going to keep on doing what I'm doing, and they know that. Amen. Okay? So you might as well just get over it and hearken to the voice of the Lord because I would rather be doing something else than just keep on pulling on folks that is acting stupid. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm going to climax it. Praise the Lord. I was able to... I'm okay, going to read um, the last three verses of, of 2 Thessalonians 2. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall come. It's coming. I know we've been hearing this. I, I was hearing this as a child before I was even born again and didn't even know what it means. We've been hearing it, been hearing it. But that's what God tells us, to proclaim his word. Because of his grace and mercy, he wants everybody to be ready. He does not want one soul lost. He does not want one soul lost. And that's all, all nations. This is why the United States is, is the most free country there is, the most wealthiest country there is. And people can't understand why we get involved in other countries' stuff. We are obligated to help to open up the eyes of the blind. We cannot be secluded and just mind our own little business. First of all, we ain't got no business. But we have to take the message and help out where there is a need in other countries. And that's why there's wars and rumors of wars. Let no man deceive you by any means. Because this is the word what false prophets will say and who are operating in the spirit of Antichrist, that that, that day is not coming. They don't believe that it's coming. I've heard people say, oh, I've been hearing that all my life. So they don't believe that it's coming. He says, but during that time, there should be a falling away first, and that the man of sin be revealed, the son of prediction, which is Satan. And he comes in the form of, of an antichrist spirit, which he's already here. He's, this antichrist spirit is already on the earth. Now, there's going to be some kind of leader, world country leader, I believe, that's going to rise up and, and really re and enforce these things. And there's so many things that are going on right now here that they're trying to put in force that really lets you know that we're really in the end times. When they're talking about putting a chip in you to determine whether or not you've been vaccinated, read your Bible, okay? When they're talking about cash, money will have no value. All of these things, when uh, they, they, they want the government to take control over everything, over health plans, over everything, where you have no choices in, in the matter. Do you realize what that's all about? We, the free country, becoming like other countries that we have had to go and evangelize and do missionary work to help them. Do you realize what is going on? Okay. So, okay, it says, number, verse 4, who opposes and exalted himself above all that is called God? This antichrist spirit is going to stand up and pretend like he's the God that you should be worshiping. Okay? And it first starts with a theory and a view. And once you accept it, you accept a God. And you put him on the throne or, or she or whomever 
or the country on the throne whether you or a country on the throne whether you realize it or not I'm gonna wait till God gives me confirmation I don't speak things out just like that I'm gonna wait for God to give me the confirmation on that glory hallelujah Jesus this is why we need to really be praying and so uh, when we pray especially at morning glory prayer we're praying for nations we're not just praying actually that is the minor praying for our, our families and all of that stuff you do that anyway should be doing it we're praying for nations we're praying for the government we're praying for principalities rulers of this world that's what that that's why we're promoting it so because it's an opportunity when one two or three come together in agreement that means we agree on what we're praying he says he's in the midst he says one could put a thousand to flight two can put ten thousand to flight let me tell you something okay i'm going to end with this is that there's power there's power there's power and prayer but the enemy don't want you to know that. He does not want you to perceive that. So he will not make that a priority in your life. Now, let me tell you something. I just said, when two or three come together as touching, that means you're in agreement. Yes. He says, I'm going to be here. Yes. All right. Then he says, one of you can put a thousand to flight. Two could put 10,000. So put more together. Aha, glory. And we're talking about unclean spirits that he's going to put to flight. The other thing is, is that there is a certain time of the day that you're supposed to come together with your first fruit of your mind, the first fruit of your energy, the first fruit of your time, and petition the highest court in the universe before the enemy can get started so that you can prophesy what the day is going to be like opposed to what Satan is planning so because you love the Lord you are called to his purpose the purpose of prayer not preaching teaching but the purpose of prayer called to his purpose then what the enemy meant for evil God can take it and turn it and work it for the good do you understand the importance that we come together like that for a morning glory prayer and put the enemy on it on the run and put God in place amen. Amen. amen glory to God praise the Lord we will have the benediction thank you Jesus father we just bless your name thank you for your word your word that heals delivers cleanse, refresh, renew, fill our thirst. Thank you. And Lord Jesus, I pray that that word will continue to burn in our hearts when we depart from this location and carry us through the rest of the week. And so I pray that the peace of God will rest upon every person at the sound of my voice, that you will allow the Holy Spirit to guide you, correct you, lead you, and to prepare you so that you will be a vessel that's tried and true that God can work through. And when you leave this place, tell somebody about Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. amen.